Yeah, look, the moment that mobiles had cameras attached to them, the world changed. I, I think everyone's a journalist now. Everyone can capture an image, um, sell a sell a story off a photo that can look good, look bad, whatever. Um, and back in the 90s, it just wasn't the case. I mean, the, mo- the first mobile that we ever saw was when John Longmire walked into a <laughs> restaurant at, I think it was uh, the University Cafe in Ligon Street, uh, upstairs for our little Tuesday night dinners, and he bought in this thing that looked like looked like a briefcase, weighed about 30 kilo. And he just sat down, didn't say anything, and then five minutes later, this briefcase rang. We said, what's that? He goes, hang on, guys, I've just got to take a call. And he picked up a receiver that was like, how to get smart, it was that big. And that was the first mobile that we'd ever seen. I wouldn't have picked Horse to be the first, to be oh, honest. Oh, no, Pioneer Horse. Yeah, he was Loved of, his technology? He just was ahead of the game with, with all things. Like He was the first to go to play management with IMG. Um, very smart guy. Was always going to be a success whatever path he took. Mm. And uh, th- that was the diversity of the group. We had some guys that wouldn't have been able to – that wouldn't have been able to, you know, boil the kettle for you. And then we had some guys that were ahead of, just absolutely ahead of uh, technology. So how often do you find yourself thinking, if at all, mind you, that what it would have been like to play in this era where players are under, you know, a much bigger microscope, not just on field, but as you touched on off field in your day, the 90s, the players, you know, let's be honest, they they played as hard as they they worked, didn't they? I I arrived at North in 94. From 94 to to 99, it was was part-time. You, know, you, you everyone had a job. So you'd turn up to training at four o'clock and you'd leave it at eight mm. on Monday and probably Thursday. Um, sometimes there was, there was a third session in there. Sometimes there wasn't. You play the game on a Friday night. You do a short, sharp 20 minute on Saturday morning and see you again Monday. It was semi, semi, semi professional for the guys. Played 19 games in my first year. And I got a check at the end of the year for, uh, no, I didn't get a check. I got a, a statement that I'd made 20,000 for the year. And you lose half of that in tax. Mm. So like 20,000 for a year of footy where you play 19. And the guys that play 19 games now be getting, you know, getting north of 250. So what, so, were, so what were your match payments like at the time? Do you remember that? What, uh, well, what I, think would you it was, I think it was something like 1,500 a game or something. Right. Uh, maybe a little bit less. But then they took all things. You know, we used to laugh. <laughs> Steve Rieger, our finance guy, who, who went, went to work most days, blood pressure, 400 over 200, working out how he's going to pay people. Um, he would give us our little bills. And always the, but down the bottom would just be Contras. And the things that were on Contras were, they wouldn't cut it these days. Like you paid for your club suits, you paid for your club socks, you paid for your shorts, you paid for everything. Just as a way of the club being yeah. able to get their money back, I think. But it was just, a, it was a different time. A um, lot of fun. But just coming back to this social media age, like, you know, you're amongst friends here, King. So how many stories could have got out that didn't get out that, um, you know, you can retell now? you mixed with some quote-unquote colourful types. And the boys were really they – were, they were young guys that not a lot of them were married. Not a lot of them um, had – if they had a girlfriend, it was, it was, it was a, sh- a short-lived uh, experience at that stage. Um, so everyone was out and about. So Wayne would say well, – we'd, we'd play on a Friday night and he'd say, hey, 2 o'clock tomorrow, Laurel Hotel – and then he'd either say, bring your mate, not your missus, or he'd say, you know, all's welcome, or whatever it was. It was just a, it was just a, there was never, you can come, you can't come. It was mm. a blanket invitation everywhere. And more often than not, you'd get down to the, the Laurel Hotel was just an annex at the back of a, a back of a pub. Seriously, it was, it was nothing special. There'd be, there'd be 30 people there. Yeah. And they'd all get along like a house on fire and things would happen. Like stories would happen and we didn't know who we were mixing with. Uh, and I know this is where you're going. And there was a famous front page of the paper where Wayne gave character reference for Jason Moran. And people say, how the hell would he know Jason Moran? Well, yeah. that, that was how. 
because we were we were drinking with them essentially at the back of the uh, Laurel Hotel there in the. There's a little fellow with uh, who had blondie hair back then. There was a little confrontation. There's always confrontations when guys have a few drinks together, and he may have followed uh, one of the most dangerous men in Melbourne back to his house and knocked on his door and said, "Hey, listen, you ever pick on me like that in front of the boys, and it'll be on," and lived to tell the story, which is which is a yarn in itself. But uh, and he knew who he was picking on. He knew he was he didn't uh, seeking know, retribution. I don't think he knew right. exactly. Because <laughs> if he knew, I don't know. <laughs> he would have knocked. <laughs> He's not that courageous. No, right. Okay, I don't think anyone is.